coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, golf headlines, including Morikawa's Zozo W and Return to the Winner Circle, the end of the live golf season, and a shared private jet for the ages. Plus, I was tuned into the bull riding action with our friends at the Austin Gamblers out in Vegas and some Halloween spooky movie content. This week's guest, a very special one, Sean McLaughlin. He's on The Bachelor in Paradise right now. Big time golf guy, Swifty, sports fan. And we have an interesting background with his content pass as well. Really cool conversation coming away where he spills the tea on the upcoming and current seasons as well. And we're talking interesting Halloween snacks and dessert when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. Mike, you and I just solidified that we're heading back to the PGA show again to represent the podcast. We'll definitely see the guys from Desert Fox Golf there, and they talk about it all the time when they're at the show or when they're anywhere. Desert Fox Golf, their phone caddy, their cigar holder, the swing eight tumblers are perfect for large-scale events. So if you out there are part of a club, you work at a club that has events, or you know of an event, or you're going to be playing in a charity event that's coming up that you think deserves Desert Fox Golf products at it, Hit us up on Instagram. DM us at COL Podcast. Again, just send us a DM at COL Podcast. Tell us a little information about the golf event. Connect us to the event team. We'll take care of the rest. If they have Desert Fox golf products at that event, you will get a cash referral just for connecting us. That's right. You get a cash referral just for being the golfer you are and having some awesome products from Desert Fox at your future golf event. So if you're in an event or you're a golfer and you love Desert Fox Golf, check out their website. Check out what they can do for you as an individual golfer and for group events today. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex for the first time since the open championship on 2021 and the first time since winning the dp world tour that same year morikawa has finally won a golf event Hmm. Yeah. It, God, has it been that long? Wow. Yeah. It's been since late 2021 that Colin Morikawa last won. One of those guys that's just a fixture. You know him. He's a brand name, a face, a constantly a top 10 guy. He's playing in all the best tournaments, the international competitions. But he has been a little quiet in terms of the winner's circle. So it's been that long, but he got it done way overseas. You may have missed it because it was a late Saturday night finish uh, over there in Asia, but an impressive 63 to win by six shots on Sunday. First win as a husband as well with the wife in attendance. He looked pretty pumped. Definitely a big time monkey off the back of a, of a guy that I feels like he should probably be winning more at this rate in his career. Yeah, I mean, I feel like over this past year, we just kept wondering if Colin Morikawa was ever going to win again. So the question I have after this commanding victory at the Zozo is this Colin Morikawa's year to win another major? Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, open open up the floodgates type of thing. Remind yeah. him that he can be dominant events. You know, it's not just about like winning by a shot. Like if he has his best game, he's shown time and time again, he's one of the best ball strikers in the world when it comes to short irons and wedges. So if he's consistently giving himself those opportunities, even with an average putter, he can win tournaments on tour. I think he's definitely going to be a guy to watch in the majors next year. You look ahead to maybe like a Pinehurst at the U.S. Open or Valhalla for the PGA Championship, which we talk about later in this week's episode with our guest. Those could be potentially good spots for for Morikawa. So impressive to see him get that win. And yeah, this definitely could be a precursor of what's to come next year. Morikawa, after winning, was able to hop on the jet and fly back to the Americas, and he did so with Minjay Lee, who happened to also win on the LPGA Tour at the BMW Ladies Championship out there in Asia. For two weeks in a row, the LPGA went to playoff holes, and Minjay Lee took the W, her second win in three events. Yeah, we had to do a double take because we just talked about her hitting the winner's circle, and she's back again. And that was not a misprint right there. You you heard correctly. Colin Morikawa and Minji Lee just casually sharing a private jet home. I love that. What what a winner's vibe in the world of golf, if I've ever seen one. Oh, you want in Asia? Oh, I want Asia. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's just jet back to America. You know, flight probably costs, you know, cool 80, 100 grand or something like that. But it just doesn't matter when you're winning professional golf tournaments. I did see there was a little bit of a third wheel situation, Mike. Now, you remember Minji Lee's brother is Min Woo Lee 
who I think was also on the jet. Now, I mean, I know he's a world-class player in his own right, but he didn't win anything last week. So he, he must've been feeling awfully lonely without a trophy on that long plane ride. Well, you know, it just makes, uh, makes the other two feel even more special. <laughs> <laughs> I know is, I mean, he said it before in interviews like, yeah, I mean, my sister's like completely lapping me in terms of career achievements right now. <laughs> so at least he's got a little bit of a, a sense of humor about it, but, uh, hashtag let him cook. We love Min Woo Lee and his content on social. So he'll be, he'll be fine in the winter circle eventually. But, but for now, his sister Minji Lee definitely stealing the spotlight with these wins on the LPGA tour. The live tour for however much longer they're around for, which is kind of indefinite at this point, thanks to the uh, the, the the lack of knowledge of what's know, happening right? behind the scenes. But they finished up their 2023 season. And did, did I see uh, Taylor Gooch given a ring like a proposal for marriage? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Greg Norman and Taylor Gooch haven't set a date yet. I hear that I hear that they're leaning for a band over DJ. So it could it'll be a fun party if mm. nothing else. Uh, but yes, you did see that proposal. Uh, Greg Norman on one bended knee handing Taylor Gooch's championship ring. So he did win the individual title. Taylor Gooch won the individual title. I mean. Didn't really make many headlines throughout the year, but he, he won enough times to to have that honor. And then on the team side, Mike, Bryson DeChambeau and the Crushers win the team championship. So so name from name for me the other cr- three Crushers for $100 right now. I knew that money was safe. Yeah, I, knew that, I knew that was a safe bet. I'm just Char- more surprised that the, the four aces didn't win, right? Because I thought it, they were the dominant ones. They were. You're right. But the Crushers yeah. overtook them late in the season. It's Bryson DeChambeau, the captain. Charles Howell the third. You know, he spent all those years oh, with the PGA yeah, Tour, yeah, yeah. and he figured yep. he'd clean up at live. Paul Casey, mm. the, the former multiple-time Valspar champion and Ryder yep. Cupper, and Henri Bon Lahiri, the Indian golfer, oh. making up oh, Crushers. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they won the team championship. Interesting. Can I just go on a tangent for a second? Because we're talking about proposals and weddings. Um, when when we were out this weekend, we saw a very nice wedding going on in Savannah on the river, which we okay. expect cost at least at least one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Why you say that? Why the expensive price tag? The venue specifically? Over 300 people. Uh, they had a fantastic tent set up with uh, two separate bars with this kind of uh, pastel blue cabinetry behind each bar oh, set up. Wow. They had a five, what looked like a five-piece band. Um, they had the photographer. You can tell uh, the photographer and videographers had a drone. So the photographers and videographers were at least twenty or $30,000. Yep, so that's five figures tell. for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, and just everyone was in tux. The men were all in black tuxes with bow ties, all of them. Um, so they had very strict dress code. And I, and I don't want to be mean, but the groom looked like old money. It just looked <laughs> like old money. So my our guests, are we 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 heard other people talking about it because we had we had dinner at a at a pizza bar right next to it, and they were like, "This is probably you know a hundred thousand dollar wedding." They've been loading the tent in since Wednesday, and this was a Saturday night for oh, the wedding. What a setup! Elaborate. And when we walked around, we were like, "Nah, this is one fifty. <laughs> Too rich for our bill. That's a that's a Saudi funded live golf wedding right there. There's, yeah, there's your there's be. your full circle transition it's, on that one. It could be. It could very well be. But uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, Savannah, you're going to be here. Yes. In like uh, we're recording here on a Monday. Like evening. pretty much now. If everything goes according to plan, come Wednesday, you should be at the number one airport in the country, Savannah Hilton Head International Airport. That's one of your favorite facts that you like yeah. to get out about Savannah, yep. Georgia. You love that. It is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be making my landing there. First time in Savannah. I've spent a lot of time in different southern cities and spent time in Georgia, but more so the Atlanta area. So I'm excited to see the low country in all its glory. We look like looks like we get some decent seasonable weather. Should be great for some golf spectating as well, too. And we're going to take a little drive down, down for a little Jacksonville, Florida area content, like we mentioned for the Desire Cup, which we're going to be at as well, too. So be sure to follow along on Instagram at Podcast at MWRIN and at Course of Life, Alex will be posting our interview content. Maybe we'll do a little red carpet, a little first tee content, a little 19th hole content. We're going to be at Sawgrass after all. So there'll, there'll be, be nice. enough for us and you to see and enjoy. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the trip. 
And uh, make sure you're following us on YouTube as well, because uh, eventually we'll probably be posting some stuff there from the trip. We got stuff there from when you uh, walked nine holes with Annie Park yes. at the uh, Ascended LPGA at the Colony. So we got that video up there. You got a video from your time at the Eastside Mini Open coming up next uh, this week as well. Nothing like a mini golf themed bar crawl, right? That's always a yeah. fun way to kind of see the town and see a city in a new light. And there were some really cool creations. So I'm looking forward to showcasing that day. I even judged the competition at the end and you'll see some of the winners. So, uh, yeah, that was a cool video. Again, follow the YouTube. Those videos will be out by the weekend uh, for all your enjoyment as well. At this point in the uh, podcast, we talk about what's coming up next on the PGA Tour. But guess what, Alex? There is nothing happening on any of the tours this no weekend. Way. Maybe maybe the DP World Tour. Let's let's double check that. We didn't check the DP World Tour. Okay, but yeah, all there's, the so there's other tour, no PGA Tour event. There's no nope. corn. The corn fairy is over. Yep. Wow. And the Champions Tour is off. Uh, the yeah, uh, LPGA, I think, is off as well. Um, Yikes. And so uh, I was, OK, so the. Um, we will have the DP World Tour, the commercial bank cutter masters. Oh, okay. Yep. That's the one with the uh, World Cup uh, stadium in the background of one of the holes. When we mm, had Reesina mm-hmm. gone, he told us about that experience. That's a weird desert golf vibe in the morning. But yeah, pretty quiet on the golf calendar is the narrative. A kind of a rare little mini, you know, take a breath in week off for the golf fans out there to just lock into the football. But there's a good stretch of events coming up here once we hit November. So I'm okay with just a little little bit of a breather on the golf end let's go with yeah that. yeah so um you can take a break and then watch golf early in the morning from cutter or really overnight yeah. it's really during the overnight let's uh switch over to tuned in where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports i watched two movies this weekend alex one that i've seen many times before and one i have not uh the first is in the halloween spirit we watched the shining yes one of kubrick's best and then asked all the questions as to why things happened the, the way they did. And was Kubrick really saying that he helped fake the moon landing when the kid is wearing the NASA shirt? Oh, boy. Deep, <laughs> deep conspiracies. Get your tinfoil hats out, theories. people. <laughs> and why, why, is, why is he in the photo from 1921 at the end? Why is he there? We'll never know. <laughs> um, so The Shining, always fantastic. Fun. Always good. I like that. Uh, Red Rum. That's all we can say about it, too. Uh, and then we watched a new film actually from earlier this year, a British film called Polite Society. And this one is about a, uh, a young a young woman uh, in an Indian British Indian family um, and wants to be a uh, she wants to be a, a, a stunt woman in films. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And her sister is looking like she's going to get married off to to someone after dropping out of art school and uh she doesn't want that to happen so she, it looks uh it's it's a question about whether or not we're watching this as an unrelatable narrator is narrating the film through it or whether things that are happening are actually happening Ooh, it's hard for twist. me to describe this movie decent um, tease though yeah, but it, it's funny. It's really Polite well done. Society. We kept saying throughout the film that they must have had so much fun making this movie. So it's a really funny kind of fun, upbeat film. So definitely recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Polite, Polite Society. Society and The Shining. Always good, good time of the year for Halloween content. Love yeah. that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned last week, we had JJ Gotch on. I was yeah. tuned into a little bit more bull riding in the Austin Gamblers out in Vegas. Unfortunately, just one step short of the grand title and the end of the team's championship finish. Second place for the Gamblers it was in Vegas. But if you follow JJ or you started following along this past week, you saw Mike, he did get to the sphere. I'm, I'm obsessed with the the sphere in Vegas and the sphere content. U2's residency continues, and he posted a couple of videos from being there, and that venue looks spectacular. I, I might go watch paint dry at the sphere. That's how that's how awestruck I am uh, by the lights and digital technology on hand. So excited to make that a part of my next visit. Uh, so didn't get the win on the bull riding front, but really cool to see JJ at a, at a brand new concert venue there in Vegas. All right, let's get into this week's guest, Alex. Um, I'm going to let you really do this entire introduction because while while I'm not knocking it, I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I know nothing about it. We've had numerous guests on this podcast, and I've listened to those interviews. 
but it's just not. I'm 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 an honest guy. I'm not interested. I'm sorry. I'm Let just, me tell I'm you about not. this guy right here. This this guy is a big time golfer. Uh, I just found out that he might be my perfect scramble partner as well too. So we're going to get into why that would work. Uh, but he has a, a great take on the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey situation. He spills a lot of tea for the Bachelor in Paradise fans out there, and he has a very interesting connection to barstool sports as well that a lot of people don't know. I'd known this guy for a while, and it's been really cool to connect with him and have Sean McLaughlin on the show. Uh, so yeah, a great conversation coming your way, uh, regardless of whether or not you watch the bachelor franchise, Sean's a great personality and he's got some great lines from his season and his, uh, cameo on both bachelorette and bachelor in paradise as well. So real fun conversation coming your way. All right. You made me want to listen. So we're going to listen. But first, let's talk about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all. It's where Alex and I talk every week about uh, a sport topic of our choice um, with a uh, this or that mentality. And we let you decide what's right and what's wrong. And typically, as um, the thing seems to be going right now, everybody in their right mind disagrees with me. They think I'm wrong, horrendous. I should sit down, shut up, and go away. Um, But we're not going to. I'm going to keep saying things like fall golf is the best golf season. Yeah. People disagree. Yeah. It's it's just, I don't get it. I'm a cocky Boston sports fan that's won all my life, and I'm continuing to win. (laughs) So this isn't good. Someone out there, if you want to vote against that, then by all means, go ahead and vote for Mike. He clearly needs all the help he can get in these live takes, but it's fun debating him on a weekly basis on the app. Like you mentioned, we talk about all things sports, all things golf, and we let you, the people, vote and decide. That's the beauty of the app is the answer to who won the debate is not confirmed at the couch. It's not with your buddies. It's not with your little eco chamber out there. It's with the actual world and the internet and the unbiased audience. That's what we love about Live Take. That's right. You can find us on the Live Take app, COL Podcast Alex and COL Podcast Michael. Again, we're posting our takes there weekly. Check it out on your app store, Live Take. Let your take be heard. All right, next up on the tee, great guest coming your way. He is the Kendall doppelganger that's been on The Bachelorette. He's now on the season of Bachelor in Paradise. It's Sean McLaughlin joining us here on The Course of Life. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to talk it up with you today. Definitely, yeah. I mean, before we get to all the tea on the beach, let's give some context to our audience. Sean, you're not only a big golfer, you're one of the few Bachelor Nation contestants I actually knew before the show aired. Uh, People may be just finding out that you actually previously worked at Barstool Sports for a little while uh, before everything happened with the Bachelor Nation franchise. Tell everyone a little bit about your time working there, first and foremost. Yeah, so that uh, that came out when uh, when the cast got released for the Bachelorette. I used to work at Barstool, which was uh, a really cool opportunity. I guess most people know me from um, Dave wrote a blog about me one time. How I was too good looking to work there. Yes. They wanted to fire me. So it's uh, it's a pretty funny blog if you want to look it up. So they started calling me Hot Sean there, uh, and that's kind of how I got the the nickname. Um, but yeah, it was fun working at Barstool. It was really cool. And obviously I was, I was young. I was in New York city at the time. It was, it was a fun experience. And then the bachelorette came about. So I've had a couple, couple wild opportunities in my life, which has been, been really cool. Yeah, Dave is Dave Portnoy. He's a legend for anyone who follows anything Boston, New England, and now the entire world. He's basically taken over the entire internet. I'm curious what that was like for, for young Sean being being given the hot Sean moniker as hot Sean, as he would say. Um, what was that period like for you, kind of navigating that that first glimpse of what it's like to be like thrown into content and be the spotlight? Yeah, that was so strange. Um, it was fun. It was a blast. And honestly, like, the nickname doesn't suck. Like that's, I'd rather be like hot Sean than like average looking Sean, I guess. But, um, so when I got there the first day, all the interns are are in the room. And like, at that point there's like 40 people at Barstool. It was really small. It's not what it is now. Absolute uh, powerhouse. Um, but they all, you know, they all kind of looked somewhat similar and they didn't really look too much like me. So Dave was filming the rundown that day and he stopped the rundown. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, who is he? Get him out of here. And they wrote this blog and then took off. So uh, it was cool for a little bit getting thrown into the spotlight. And all my friends were huge fans of Barstool and grew up with it. So to see their friend like be have be the topic of a Dave Portnoy blog, it was, it was definitely a, a surreal experience. And uh, phone kind of blew up for a little bit after that. But yeah, I look back on those moments and 
it's, I, I laugh. It's pretty funny, and I, and I enjoy my time there. Yeah, very cool. I know you got to do a little bit of the, the content on the golf side for the four-play team, and I know you're a golfer yourself. I'm curious, in any future golf content, are you going to come over to our side of the ship here and, and do some fun golf content now that you got this new uh, spotlight here? Yeah, you know, we'll see. I, I, uh, I've been dabbling in like the golf content piece because I love to play. It's one of my favorite things to do in the world. So um, to kind of incorporate that into, I guess, the, the platform that you're given now, I think it would be really cool. I love talking about golf. I, I pretty much watch every tournament when I get the chance. Um, so, yeah, it's something that I have a passion for it and kind of mesh the two environments. So maybe maybe in the future you'll see some more golfing videos. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to collaborate ar- around if the time is right. I met Wells Adams at a celebrity program event. I know he's always getting out in the L.A. area. So I'm, there's a pretty big network of uh, golfers in Bachelor Nation as well, too. So make sure you get on board with those guys as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have to play around with Wells. Have Definitely. you played with him before? Well, no, I haven't, but I know he invited me out to uh, Lakeside, which is like, from what I know, a pretty exclusive LA course where a lot of Hollywood plays. So if I if I can make that trip happen, hopefully you're there too, and we can all play together. Yeah, for sure, that'd be great. I'm sure Wells always plays at some really good spots. It'd be great to get out there with him. I've seen the courses um, that you put on your feed as well. It's Sean Y McLaughlin on Instagram for those who aren't following as well. But how's the golf game? I know you don't quite to get play to play as much as you like, but how's the game for you these days? Yeah, the game, man, I always wish my game was in a better spot. I think that's every every golfer's kind of a, um, you know feeling about their game currently. I've been playing a lot. I used to, when I moved down to Tampa from New York originally, I played all the time. I got down to about a 2.8 index. So I was playing all the time, you know, really good. Uh, and now I just don't play enough. I'm, I'm sitting at a five. It's I'm still, my short game's not great. I hit the ball pretty far, which helps out in some of the places we play, but I wish it was better. Wish I could putt better. Wish I could chip better. But maybe when I get more time in the future, we'll get it down again. Okay, we could be a decent two-man scramble because I can't hit it far at all, but I got a great short game. I'm about a 10 handicap, so we'd work well together as a team, I guess. Perfect. Yeah, and we're getting <laughs> some shots, too. We would tear it up. <laughs> nice. So you had that stint there where you kind of got a little bit of a dip your toe in the content game, and then obviously Bachelorette came along. I'm curious, kind of what was that t- period in time like for you, and, and what were you kind of looking to do with your career kind of before the moments that, that the Bachelorette opportunity arose for you? Yeah, so I was out of, uh, I guess you can say, the spotlight, what little I had at Barstool for a while. I had gone, like, started my career in sales, moved from New York City to Tampa, and I was very, very content, very happy where where my life was uh, at that point. And then one of my coworkers had nominated me for the show. Um, I got a missed call from an, an L.A. number saying they were casting for The Bachelorette. Wow. And I was like is this fake? Are you trying to steal my credit card information? I didn't believe it. But then uh, I started thinking more about how crazy of an opportunity it was. I was single. I've been single for a long time uh, before going on uh, The Bachelorette. So I was like, yeah, why not? Let's let's see what happens with it. Let's go have some fun. And you know, if you can find love, that's, uh, that's obviously a positive from it. So I just knew it was going to be an amazing opportunity, regardless of how it turns out. So I was open to it. And unfortunately, got a chance to, uh, to go on and, and be on charity season. Yeah, so that season was interesting to me because I've been a longtime fan. Me and my wife watch every season, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Paradise, whatever you throw at us, we're watching. But you don't always see a, a really strong respect level amongst the guys in a Bachelorette season. I was kind of surprised to see that. We're always looking for that angst. There was a little bit, but for the most part, talk about just kind of the rapport between you and the rest of the guys. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was such a cool experience, and uh, the fact that we all became best of friends was was made the experience that much easier. But uh, it's tough when you're going through it. You're dating the same girl as 25 other guys to start, so that's a very unique experience. No one else has ever done that in their life. I, I hope or has ever thought about that. So I was worried going into it that man, am I going to hate these guys? Like, am I not going to get along with them? And then pretty quickly after we got to the mansion, I was like, wow, I'm surrounded by some of the best dudes ever. And we all got super close. And the bond you form on these shows is is pretty amazing. And looking back at my time on The Bachelor, like that's the one thing that I'll always like be very grateful for is the fact that I met some incredible guys that are now some of my best friends. And and we all all like to have a good time. I like to have fun. And we're all really, really cool people. Yeah, there were some neat moments where you guys were all kind of uniting as one, you know, on that crazy journey that you were on. Now, there was a little bit of back and forth with some contestants, but fortunately, it stoked one of your classic lines. Um, in regarding to talking about fashion and wardrobe, you uttered, this is cashmere and, and Bachelor Nation, stop for a moment. That's your classic line. <laughs> it's a classic fabric, a show of style and vanity. I want to know what's your relationship like with cashmere now, obviously heading into the uh, the outset of the season. Yeah, I uh, that was 
when I, when I said that, um, I remember like the camera guy would like start laughing. I was like, I don't know, man, I, I became, it's, it's taken on a, like a, a second nature. Like people come up to me all the time. Like this is cashmere. Um, so it was, it was funny. And, uh, I think I wear too much cashmere to, and I live in Florida. So I don't know if that fabric meshes well with the temperatures in, in Tampa, Florida, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's taken on a, a really special place in my heart recently. I will say. Is there any cashmere that you can leak into your golf outfits? I'm curious. I'm I'm seeing a lot off the top of my head. Is it possible? Can you make it happen? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If it's not possible, I'm going to make it happen. You can do some like cashmere hoodies. I know like hoodies are, you know, getting a little bit more popular on the golf course. When I play up in the Northeast during the fall, I always like to, uh, to throw on a hoodie and there's some like, I think Polo or Grayson has some like cashmere golf hoodies that are pretty good. Um, so yeah, you can always work it into the, the repertoire. Definitely. Uh, one other real cool highlight from charity season we got to highlight is obviously uh, you winning the Ken and Barbie theme competition on the series. I think it worked well with timing. It was like right in the middle of Barbie hysteria as well, too. Definitely a huge W for yeah. you. But I'm curious what your thoughts were. You must have been kind of licking your chops when you heard that, 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 a, that a Ken competition was coming your way, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was excited for that date uh, for sure. I had no idea when we went on it that we would have to write our own song and then sing it in front of like 250 people. I've never even done karaoke before. Mm, wow. um, but I was, I was, I was very much into that date. I was like, "This is awesome. Let's have some fun. Like, we'll, we'll have a good time with it." And then Double Denim Ken kind of became like a little bit of my personality. It was just funny. And then the movie came out. I got a chance to see you know the Barbie movie and. It was cool watching it and then obviously having that experience of doing the date like that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was probably not only my favorite moment on the show uh, for date wise. Like I think that was all the guys that are on that date. That was the best date we went on. It was so much fun. We had a blast with it. Yeah, it was a really cool scene. It was kind of cool to see like people outside the production watching as well. It looked like it was kind of a spectacle for like everyone on the bull rock basically too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, people were just walking. That was the first time we were kind of out in public where we weren't really out as public and, and, as much at that point when we were filming. Yeah. So like to walk out of the hotel and then you have like 250 people that are bachelor super fans and they're like running up, they're saying, Oh my God, like, we love you. That was like the first moment we're like, wow, this is, this is pretty crazy. So yeah, we definitely enjoyed it. It was, it was super fun. Definitely part of you gaining a lot of popularity through that season, and it definitely helped get you on Bachelor in Paradise. So we basically are now taking Ken to the beach now. You're doing beach Ken style. Um, were you ready for this dating? <laughs> were you ready for this dating whirlwind and everything that Paradise was about to bring? It being your first time. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was. Uh, I don't think you're ever ready for Paradise. Paradise is pretty crazy, man. But uh, I knew it was going to be a, a fun opportunity, and like listen, you're, you're having fun on the beach and you're hanging out with beautiful girls. And I was fortunate. I had a lot of my friends there. So it was, it was going to be a fun opportunity. I, I knew I couldn't let that go by. So yeah, I don't think you're ever ready for paradise. Paradise is a, is a wild, wild time, but super fun. Indeed. All right, let's get to the tea spill. Let's do the firing squad of questions right now. So we can get right into the nitty gritty that everyone wants to know. Um, obviously you had some moments with Rachel Reckia, famous bachelorette in her own right on the beach. Um, I'm curious, what was that the best kiss on the beach? Uh, what, what's to be seen here of your, of your time on the beach right now as it stands? Uh, yeah, I mean, go if you're watching Paradise uh, right now, it's not looking too uh, too good for me, I would say. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was good, and it was cool to see Rachel there, and uh, I didn't expect her to be there. So we'll have to see how it turns out for me. Where it's still airing, so you're gonna have to figure out if uh, if anything else happens. But yeah, it's been it's been it's been cool to to watch it back. It's such a different experience. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. One thing that got everyone going recently was the uh, the truth box as well. Shout out our buddy Wells at the bar for for getting everyone going. It's basically like if you're a server at the restaurant, it's the suggestion box that the manager reads in front of everyone. Except we were all just blowing up each other's dirty laundry. Uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, truth box when it first got got into existence and then got broken open as well too? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely something that people were excited about. On the beach, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. You can sell, say something anonymous, anonymously. Uh, for me, I'm always pretty upfront and direct with people. Like, if I had a problem with someone, I would, I would let them know. Fortunately, I didn't really have any problems with anyone on the beach. Everyone's great. Um, but everyone, like, took advantage of it. And they just went in and started dumping notes in there, whatever that was on their chest. So it became a very popular spot to be was putting some stuff in that truth box. And then we saw, obviously, how it turns out with Aaron S. smashing that thing wide open and uh, all the, the juicy tea coming out. So it definitely made for an interesting night there on the beach in paradise. Can you confirm that, that did you write a note or did you stay away from the right note writing altogether? All right. I, the only note 
that I wrote in that truth box was that Wells needs to stop pouring half shots of tequila. <laughs> that was the only thing that I wrote. Uh, cause I definitely, uh, <laughs> I was just, I just messed around with Wells. I didn't have any problems with anyone or about anyone's relationships. So it was super, super easy. Okay, let's get to that. That was a few questions ahead, but let's talk about Wells. Um, half shots, he needs to be pouring them a little bit more heavy. Uh, outside the shots, what was the most popular drink that he was making at the bar, though? Yeah, I don't know. if I, It depends on the night you're having. Uh, shots aren't, aren't, weren't always the most popular because, you know, you're on television. You don't want to make a fool of yourself, so it's pretty controlled. Um, but the most popular drink, I think, would be either a skinny margarita but tequila sodas with lime is always a, a very popular favorite amongst the cast. However, there's a, a drink called the Paradise Special that Wells makes. It's got like cucumber, soda, wa- soda water, and a little bit of splash of pineapple and uh, tequila, I believe. And that's people really tended to like that as well. Okay, that might be new because the last time we talked, he was talking about his spicy margs and how they were too spicy for a lot of people to handle. So maybe he went back to the drawing board and added to the playbook. So that's good to hear. He's got the Paradise Special going now. Yeah, he's got anything you want. That guy's going to be able to make it up for you. So it's uh, it's cool. What people don't know, too, is like he's actually like he, he tends the bar. Like he has to clean the glasses and everything. Like he's not just like a, a plant there for TV. He's actually doing his job, too. So, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun having him back there. And he's kind of become not only the bartender, but basically like our personal therapist. Yeah. Uh, so anytime we're having, we're having problems, we're going to go talk to Wells. He's He's been on that beach long enough. So he knows kind of how to navigate the best way possible. Now, I'm curious, I've always heard this kind of like a little bit of an urban legend of Bachelor in Paradise. Is there some sort of like quota or like, are they marking the amounts of times you drink and when you do and don't? I've always heard there's some sort of hourly or something thing, but can you put that to rest? Is there something going on with the timing and and alcohol consumption on the beach? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's definitely controlled. Uh, They they make sure Wells keeps track of everything, doesn't want to overserve people, so there is... (laughs) <laughs> There's definitely like a controlled environment. We're not just on the beach, like ripping shots all the time. It's controlled. You want to make sure that uh, you're in control of your own self. So Wells, Wells doesn't overserve people. That's that's for sure. Nice. I mean, I know you mentioned you had a lot of good um, cast bonding on charity season, but how about walking away from paradise? Any any unlikely best bro from paradise that, that you met there on the beach? Whew, um, I think all, all the guys that like Will, Will from uh, Michelle's season, you have Blake, who's been on like a million seasons. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you have uh, Tyler Norris and Avon that were there as well. Like they're all, and they're now a part of the crew. They're great. They're great dudes. And um, one thing you'll find is when you go on um, these shows within the Bachelor franchise, they cast incredibly well. Like everyone they're casting is some of the most incredible people you've ever met. Um, so it, that just could range true amongst the bachelorette, the bachelor, whatever they're going to do. So it was really cool to see some other people, some, uh, faces I hadn't met yet before. And, uh, that's one of the best, best parts about, uh, the paradise is going to meet new people. Nice. Cool. Good to hear. Again, it's Sean McLaughlin joining us here from Bachelor in Paradise. Sean Y. McLaughlin on Instagram. Follow him on socials as well, too. And Bachelor in Paradise, Thursday nights, 9, 8 central on ABC. Uh, let's get to the show right in front of you. I want, I want to get your curious thoughts on The Golden Bachelor. Have you seen any of this new series? And what are your thoughts on Gary's season so far? Yeah, Gary, Gary's the best. He's, he's, so, he's so wholesome. He's so fun to watch on television. We got a chance to meet him when we were filming the tell-all nice. out in LA. And, and he's just a really great dude. So I've been enjoying enjoying his season. Uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out for him. But he really is just like how he is on, on camera. He's an awesome person. And uh, it's been quite the difference watching Golden Bachelor into Bachelor in Paradise. Very different conversations are being had uh, on those two shows. So it's quite the contrast. Yeah, there was a, a certain level of maturity amongst the guys in charity season. But I will say, yes, by and large part, so much more wholesome conversation going on there. Well, good word indeed. Um, so Golden Bachelor has yeah, been, sure. <laughs> been fun to watch, too. Um, one thing we got to address, let's get to the stupid questions now. Big Swifty, from what I hear, what are your thoughts on the Trav- uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey romance is blossoming right now? Yeah, huge Swifty. Love Taylor. Um, I wasn't for it at first. I didn't Same. think that Travis was good enough for, for our girl Taylor, especially when you have guys like Tom Brady that are single. Like That's where I think Taylor needs to be playing. There's the Patriots fan speaking out right there. Love it. Yeah, huge Patriots fan. But I think that uh, as I've seen how Travis is navigating this relationship, it's super public, it's in the spotlight. He's doing a really good job and he seems like they're, they're, they're having fun together. So I'm supporting it more and more now, especially seeing how he's, he's handling uh, everything. So I'm rooting for him. 
And that's fair. You're allowed to hold both opinions. I have moved back on my stance on Travis Kelsey over time. I think you and I might have a little of a thing with the Gronk-Travis Kelsey comparison. I, I never, I always like to fight that battle for my guy, Rob Gronkowski. So I got a little bit of that simmering from back in the day, but I'm going to get over it with time, I think. That was my thing too, is like, I'm, I'm a Gronk guy. Um, so most of the time you're either a Gronk guy or a Travis Kelsey fan. Um, so when I saw Travis was dating Taylor, I was like, no, I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not for it, but I've changed my my opinion on it so far. You were allowed to mold our opinion. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm seeing a little bit of flack on social media. Call, people calling you out for being a fake Swifty. Can, can you just let the shut the record straight on that? Are you a real yeah, Taylor Swift I'm, fan? I'm a real Taylor Swift fan. I that has been like the biggest thing watching it back is like seeing and like the show too. Like they put like not a real Taylor Swift fan. And so, like, they're playing into it as well. Uh, but, no, I've been a Swifty for uh, a long time now. I actually, when I got sent home from The Bachelorette, like, two days later, I went to her Eras tour in Tampa. I think it was her second stop. Um, so, I've been I've been in her camp for a while. Uh, definitely not fake or trying to, to capitalize on the Taylor Swift fandom that's happening right now. Uh, I think her music's incredible. And, it really, she tells stories in every song. So, I'm excited for so 1989 to come out pretty shortly here, yeah. in Taylor's version. So, I'm going to try to hit the air story again when she comes back to the States. I know. And get the way to get this movie in movie theaters too. Taylor Swift's the only person in America that have, could have a standing up and dancing in the movie theaters, right? She's unbelievable. Yeah, she is uh, the biggest star on the planet, I would say. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Definitely. All right, let's get a couple of golf questions in. I'm curious, you mentioned the game is not quite where you want it. You're a bomber, not quite a short game specialist, but uh, any aces, hole-in-ones, or unbelievable golf shots in, in your golf history that you want to share with us? Yeah, I have one hole-in-one under my belt. Uh, it happened on Easter Sunday. Nice. And I had went out the night before with some friends in Tampa, so I wasn't feeling too hot in the morning. And I went to uh, to my course just to hit some balls and just hit the range a little bit. And uh, a group was visiting from Texas, and they're like, hey, we haven't played the course before. We're like, would you want to go play around with us? Because it's, it's a very difficult course. It's a 147 slope, wow. so it's, it's really tough. And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'll come out and play and, and have a good time. So I think it was 12 over on the front nine. And I was just like sweating out alcohol, not feeling good. And then I caught a second win in the back nine, um, and came to a par three is like 195 yards, six iron, never left the stick one hop and went in the cup, but I thought I may have overshot the green. So that was my hole in one story. I didn't even know it was in until I got up there and it was in the cup. So. That's a great one because that personifies the, you know, it just takes one shot to bring you back. You were hungover. You weren't playing well. You had all the reason to just pack it in and give up. And then that moment yes. happens for you, right? hundred percent. And I, I was thinking it was 12 over on the front nine. I ended up shooting three under in the back. So it's like, that was one of those rounds where it's like, man, like if I just, if I started off hot, maybe I wouldn't have had the whole one, but maybe I would have had a good, good round. But yeah, I'll, I'll always think back to that feeling when you literally have a hole in one. It's, it's been amazing. Very cool. How about like golf travel or tournaments or boys trips for you coming up? Um, do you get, are you able to get to tournaments? Have you been to a lot of professional tournaments? What does that maybe look for, for in a golf season? What do you, what do you try and get out to golf wise? Yeah. So I, I've been trying to play in, in as many tournaments as, as I can. It's been pretty crazy this year. Like typically I do play in the Barstool Classic. Uh, I played in the first time they had, I ended up qualifying for Liberty National. Uh, I play, I try to play in a lot of my, my clubs tournaments, their member guests, their club championship. And then I'm, I'm usually on a, a member guest um, tour uh, in the fall uh, back in upstate New York for a little bit. Uh, in terms of like going, I, I love to see the ballast bar in Tampa. I try to go every year. Yes. I was, um, I was thinking I was filming the show when it was happening this past year. So I didn't get a chance to go. Um, I think I'm taking a trip up to, to Bethpage for the Ryder cup coming up in a, in a couple of years too. So always trying to get out there and watch golf live. It's been, it's so amazing to see the professionals play the game because it is, it's next level. And um, I just became really appreciative of, of the sport. Yeah, I've been getting to a lot more tournaments recently. Unfortunately, I would say come to Austin, we just lost the Dell match play. That was my favorite tournament oh, every year. Really? But they're not doing that event anymore. They canceled it. Yeah, it's off the schedule next year. So hopefully they get some more stuff here in the near future. But uh, we'd love to see you out at a future tournament. In terms of next year, let, let, let's ask this question. Major tournaments next year. We've got in 2024, uh, Valhalla for the PGA Championship in Kentucky, Pinehurst with the boys in North Carolina, or maybe Lynx Golf and Royal Troon for the open championship, which one of those three would interest you the most? Whew, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, th I'm thinking the PGA and just mainly because I think Justin Thomas is going to come back and, and have a good time. He's from Kentucky, right? He is. So yeah. I think he went to, went at home, win the PGA again. I think that one would be like the, the most interesting for me to, to go to. 
But I am going to Scotland um, on a trip coming up for golf with my mom in uh, July of next year. Wow. So I'm going to try to play some, some golf out there and play some link style golf. So it should be it should be a fun one. Love it. That will be fun indeed. All right, let's wrap with the 19th hole questions. It's a two-parter. Uh, first question is drink-wise. Um, would you rather get a transfusion or a John Daly from the uh, the cart on the course? Oh, give me give me the transfusion all day. But I put tequila in it. Oh, okay. Wow. Transfusion tequila. Like it. And then the 19th whole question is when you get in after a great round of the course, you get to one of your favorite clubhouses. What's the go-to order? What's the meal and the drink you like to have at the 19th hole? Okay. So I'm a, I'm a tequila fan. Um, so I usually, when I'm back in the 19th hole, tequila sodas are great, but if we have really good tequila, I'll just drink it on the rocks. And then my order, my, my club in, um, in New York that I was a member at had like the best Turkey club sandwiches. So I love a good Turkey club with some fries. And uh, and drinking some tequila on the porch. I, and the best clubs are the ones that have the porch overlooking the 18th hole, so you can kind of watch your friends come in and heckle them a little bit if they're missing putts. That's those are always my favorite experiences. Thank you for mentioning that. I've been asking this question for years, but that is a small, subtle part of the 19th hole that's very important: is the chirping your buddies after as well, too. Sean, thank you so much for hopping on the course of life. Really appreciate you taking the time. Again, it's Bachelor in Paradise, Thursday nights on ABC. And uh, hit them straight when you get to play next time, and hopefully we'll get around in soon as well. Yeah, I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you for having me on. It's been fun, and, and hopefully we get to get out on the course sometime soon. Course of Life podcast is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is what we use every week to record this podcast. It's super easy. We've been using it forever and we love it. It just does everything we expect it to do. It does more than we even use it for. We're, we have radio faces and that's why we don't do video for these podcasts because we prefer for you to just hear our sultry tones. So it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster, no matter how you're doing it. You log in with your browser and you start recording a high quality podcast right away. You record studio quality sound and up to even 4K video with your guests. You can feel a sense of Zen, knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. You also sound your best. Have you ever wondered what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. You set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So head on over to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code COURSEOFLIFE to get 30% off your first month of Zencaster on any paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. So again, that's Zencaster.com slash pricing and our promo code course of life for 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Zencaster, it's time to share your story. And we're back. Great chat there with Sean. I'm loving the Kennergy. He's got going Big on. Time. He yes. Looks Big time like energy. Yeah. My wife just got me this really cool pink keychain that says Mojo Dojo Casa House. So I am <laughs> oh, yes. channeling my Kennergy every day. So I love seeing uh love seeing that as well out of Sean. That's pretty good to look to look like Ken. That's pretty that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's we could good. use that in our life, right? You yeah, think that, yeah. that might help things a little bit? Yeah, Sean's doing just <laughs> fine for himself and he's got a golf game in the boot. It was really cool to to connect with him. And it sounds like Mike, he's got a similar Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift take like barf off the bat. I'm starting to warm up to it as the days go by. I'm just I'm still a little uncertain of the whole thing. You know, it's uh, yeah, I, I still I still don't know if I really care. I think you got to let them have their space. But the Swifties are all in on the NFL. And uh, that's I guess that's I guess that's OK right now. I don't here, know. here, here, I'll, I'll cause some controversy for clicks right here. Swifties, mm. here's one thing I didn't like about Taylor Swift. OK, I didn't like the coordinated celebration dance with Brittany Mahomes, including the spin move and the high fives. Like, listen, you can celebrate the touchdown just like any other fan does. We don't need the 17 step coordinated dance with Brittany Mahomes. 
Love you, Taylor. Mean it. That's my Taylor Swift nitpick of the week. I'm sure she'll be back again next week doing something else that irks me, despite her being the queen of everything in this world. So that's your Taylor Swift weekly update from me. Now that we lost half of our listeners because they were big Taylor Swift fans and we just dumped on Taylor and we've been (laughs) canceled. Uh, If you are still listening, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. You hate us now, so leave us just one star. That's fine. I don't care. I will take the hate love all day, every day. We're on Instagram and Threads, COL Podcast, Corsa Life, Alex, and MWRINC. We're on Twitter slash X, Corsa Life 1 and MWRINC. Of course, we're on YouTube, Corsa Life Podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio all those places check out our always end with food on instagram as well you'll see pictures of food that'll make you think wow i'm hungry and then you can go into your pantry and get you know just like hot and spicy cheese it's and be mildly satisfied oh great suggestion yeah but there are good you'll be satisfied but not in the way you wanted to be satisfied <laughs> right, um yeah. <laughs> i do want to touch again you know travis kelsey let's talk about the nfl we're going to mix things up let's talk about the nfl first travis kelsey plays better with Taylor Swift than he does without. Did you notice this? Yeah, there's some the stat is pretty daunting for yards per game with Taylor Swift in attendance versus not. I mean, listen, uh, I'm a stats guy. I'm a sample size guy. I don't care how small it is. If you can show me that he is unequivocally better with her in attendance, I am left impressed. So if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be all in on this relationship right now. Yeah, I mean, really? even yeah. Andy Reid gave the sign off in the press conference oh, wow. after the game yesterday. Like yeah. that—that's when Crazy. you know it's real. The coach is like, "Yeah, she can come all she wants." Well, so there you go. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I mean, yeah. she could be could be head of the Super Bowl in Vegas in no time. We'll see. We'll see indeed. Uh, Let's talk about our favorite teams in the NFL, the Giants and the Patriots, because this is a very rare week, which I don't think we will ever get to have again this season. Both of our teams won their games this weekend. Wow. Yeah, this might not happen many more times this season. Yeah. Uh, just as we throw the season away, talk tanking, talk draft board, talk firing everybody, <laughs> we come with an inspired performance. That's the way the NFL works. And now I'm truly learning what it's like to be one of these back-in-the-pile teams because this is why you guys keep hanging on to your mediocre yeah. teams. I'm now understanding it. Is you, you get bad, 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 and just when I'm about to jump off, you get a winning performance like that that keeps me roped in for a few more weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm sl- starting to understand how this dangling of the carrot works when you're a mediocre uh, football team fan. I'm, I'm learning day by day, though. Yeah, and you know what's really funny is the Giants are having, I feel like, maybe a minor New England Patriots from from last season, I feel like, when you were in zappy fever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so now I'm on uh, Ty, Tyrod Taylor, Tyree Taylor. I'm, I don't even know his name. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. There's <laughs> yeah. not a catchy a sickness that rhymes with T, though. Hold on. Uh, no, zappy fever, ten. no. I'll, I'll have to think about that one, but I regardless, yes, it, yeah. you do have a little bit of a quarterback controversy there because <laughs> I know Daniel Jones was extended, but I also know that the Giants are willing to just go with what's hot. They've done that at in the this past, point, yeah. So yeah. they could. But just the, pro- the problem hot. is, we just put uh, how much money? We just <laughs> how much money did you just put on oh, Daniel Jones? Eighty something years? million, ninety something million, <laughs> whatever. It's all yeah. It's let's all pennies, go ahead and ben- go ahead and bench him and put the backup in there instead. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Good times in New York. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the NFL. Your Pats won as well. Uh, uh, so does that mean that Bill Belichick isn't going to get fired? Uh, we have the best record in the AFC East. How about that? How about I'm that for, sorry. How about that for a little time capsule? We're two and one in the AFC East. Both wins all year, but against divisional opponents. So yes, Bill Belichick not only kept his job. We actually just found out over the weekend that the Patriots quietly extended his contract this past offseason before all this crap went down. So yeah. like. Yeah, Bill's so definitely around. Did for the his contract bit. get extended and then he just phoned it in because he was like, I'm good for the rest of the year? <laughs> just like the rest of the world, right? <laughs> Bill Belichick, just like us when it all comes just down like, to it. Yeah, yeah that was some interesting news to hear. But right, not, like you said, we both win. Let's celebrate in the, in the moment. Yeah, we can celebrate the NFL because on the college football side of the ball, you again had a horrendous week in your Bad. picks. Four and eight overall. Alex, uh, I, 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 I'm going to I'm going to put out a warning for everyone mm-hmm. yeah. to maybe not put money on your picks. Yeah, I am below 50% right now. I'm tearing near 50%, but it's not pretty. I'm making up for it by like winning my X picks on like Tuesday and Wednesday night football games that nobody watches. 
I seem to be more successful with those than the actual Saturday plays. Uh, but yeah, last weekend, a bit of a disaster. This weekend, interesting slate of games to try and bounce back. There's some good matchups. The one that you and I are going to be following, though, because we're going to be right at the center of it, is Florida and Georgia. Georgia, yep. number one again, back-to-back champion, undefeated. The theme of the whole Desire Cup event we're going to be at is Florida versus Georgia. Florida's about a two-touchdown underdog, though. So, oh boy, these Gators are going to be pretty optimistic that we meet this week to, to, to say that they could beat the, the Bulldogs straight up in Jacksonville this Saturday. Two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. What what has Florida done recently? Not to knock on Florida, but what have they done recently? Yeah, no. I mean, they lost Anthony Richardson, so it's Graham Merck's a quarterback that was constant transfer. They've been eh, serviceable, mediocre to serviceable. They're at five and mm. two this year, just kind of waffling. I mean, they still have got a, quite a, a path, but it starts with them doing the unthinkable and, and winning this rivalry matchup in Jacksonville. I'm, I'm excited to cover it all, and we'll be meeting some cool alumni from Florida and Georgia. So again, tune into our socials and follow along for all that content this week. The uh, NBA season also uh, is finally back in action, so that'll yes. be going for the next 11 months, right? That's right. Yep. I've got a new feature on runyourpool.com, uh, my weekly trending report. Real simple, just going through you know, three up, three down. Who's hot? Who's not? If you're picking your teams this week, new tiered format on Run Your Pool is really cool to pick those weekly fantasy teams. And yeah, Celtics, Knicks, get it going. There'll be a couple games on while I'm with you in uh, Georgia and Florida this week. Uh, Celtics made some moves in the offseason. We'll see if they can get over the hump and get back to the finals. That's my narrative this season. I, I, I got to really latch on to the Celtics now that the Patriots aren't a guaranteed win every Sunday. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a 30% heavier NBA fan than I was last well, year. What about the Bruins? They're good this year already. They are. They're a wagon. But they let me down big time last year, losing in the mm. first round of the playoffs. That was yeah, it's true. That, that was, was cardinal sin material. So they're on a bit of a probation year. I, I'll get re-excited for them if they can get out of the first round of the playoffs next spring. All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yep, a uh, food segment to end every Course of Life podcast. Always end with food on Instagram. I put a couple snapshots up of it, but got back to my favorite sushi place, Bisu, the best Brussels sprouts in Austin. Always have to shout them out. But Mike, it was an interesting snack find for me this mm. past weekend at the grocery store that I never thought I would see. Yeah. Walking through HEB, end of the aisle, one of those end of the aisle ones that catches your eye, and it quite literally did. Goldfish is running with a seasonal Dunkin' Donuts branded partnership of pumpkin spice flavored goldfish crackers. Your initial thoughts at that product? I'm trying not to uh, dry heave. And I was I was a bit mortified as well. Fortunately, for $2.64, that was the right price point to get me to purchase. I had some. And you know what? They taste just like Teddy Grahams. They're literally just a copy of the Teddy Grahams that we ate when Ooh. we were seven or eight years old. And I was gleefully surprised at the pumpkin spice Dunkin' Donut-infused goldfish crackers i can't believe i'm saying this but they were at least an eight out of ten so that that was my surprise halloween snack find of the season don't don't make me go on teddy grams because i still get teddy grams every once in a while and they're just they're just fantastic so if you, you know tell what? me I they're might, like teddy grams i might i might smuggle a few to georgia and get them to you <laughs> get your review so we'll see. i have a feeling we might be able to get them here too okay we'll, right, we'll cool. have to go see um this weekend i uh, i was in the kitchen doing some baking because uh you know why not? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, life. Made a pear and blackberry uh, crumb cake. Mm, pear and blackberry. That combo. Yeah. How's that yeah. combo? Uh, it was not bad. It would have been better if my pears were riper. Uh, okay. A little more <laughs> they sweetness. did not soften that much. They you still you cook them down a little bit and then you put them in the dough. I was they still were a little firm, which was disappointing. Uh, it, it needs, this recipe needs some work. If I'm going to make it again, it needs a little bit more, a little more flavor going on in the cake layer, maybe. Uh, but overall it was, it was really not bad. It was just not super sweet, but it was a, a recipe from a great British bake off cookbook. So, you know, the Brits don't like things as sweet as we do. So that might be. Mm, yes, indeed. Okay. Pear and blackberry crumble cake. Good stuff. That's a wrap again. Always end with food on Instagram, COL podcast as well. Thanks for tuning in this long. If you've made it this far, be sure to hit that subscribe button and like the content you're enjoying right now. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.